Uh, hello and uh, welcome to oh, uh, God River damn News it. and uh, River Don'ts. <laughs> oh, Shermie, get the fuck out of uh, here. This is the worst crossover. Well, I, I could do it. I'm, I could do I'm it. throwing you off that Hermione cliff into the ocean. All right. Um, hello and welcome to River Do's and River Don'ts, the Riverdale Review Podcast, where we go episode by episode through Riverdale. We give you a summary. We've done away with pretense about the brevity of that summary. <laughs> that summary, it's meaty. It's dense. It's, frankly, nearly a law text at this point. <laughs> After that, we put a quick button on the preceding summary by discussing our river do's, our favorite thing about the episode, our river don't, our least favorite thing about the episode, and our weekly weird, that single shining arcane gem of Byzantine logic that keeps us coming back to this show we call Riverdale. This week, we'll be discussing chapter 27, The Hills Have Eyes, directed by David Katzenberg and written by Ross Maxwell. I'm Quinn. I'm Rob. And I'm Kat. All right, guys. I feel like this episode... They got a lot of good storytelling done in the previous episode. They are lifting themselves out of the slump that several previous episodes had been. And I think that they were like, remember when we were teen trash? What if we just fucking roll around in that shit for an episode? They went for it. They and did. I was so refreshed. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. They just, it just full throttle. This was the fucking hot springs episode yes of riverdale i mean literally yes <laughs> but with every trope as well like basically Pretty much. Uh, we, like we didn't have enough kids close. to have anybody spying on anybody else but that's because everyone who was there was fucking yeah. <laughs> but let's get into it we start out with betty just paranoiding out about the dead drug dealer and we get the sequence of chick being really creepy but also and i don't know if this was intentional also really annoying oh in like yeah. in a sibling way like oh, yeah. like 10 year so old it was brother him being threatening and creepy but also weirdly endearing and like oh my god just just chick, fucking leave well, me alone come on, so, get out of my bathroom they felt it felt to me like they needed to start this episode off with a strange sort of chick eating and staring montage. <laughs> <laughs> and it felt at any moment in this montage like he was going to lick that salt off of his lips and just say, I'm not touching you. <laughs> <laughs> Cheryl does some more slut shaming of her mom. And I feel like... I feel like we need to give Madeline Patch her due as an actress for being able to straight face the line, taking filthy wads of cash from strangers. <laughs> it's... I feel like sometimes words are chosen deliberately. <laughs> and Penelope's actress, I am forgetful of her name right now, in season one... She had a hard time asking, with a straight face, KJ Appa to, quote, escort my daughter to the tapping. 
how far we've come. <laughs> like, I am almost impressed by the decency of not inserting an asterisk into that line. Mm-hmm. Taking filthy wads of cash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they almost did that. And Penelope responds with some more child abuse, so it's all real heartwarming. Ugh. In my watch through, my first watch through of this episode, I'm like, are we teasing a Cheryl ship due to the nature of this insult that's happening? Where basically Penelope is saying, like, you have no love in your heart, you emotional anorexic. Yep, that's what I thought too. And I was like, I I hope that that's what that's for, because that was incredibly brutal, and it better be going somewhere. But I'll allow it, but you better be going somewhere with this (laughs) counselor. You better be going somewhere. Exactly. I feel like that's not the first time that we've gone to that trope when discussing our reactions to this show. Hiram and Hermione have canceled their plans to go to their lake house, and they are like, why don't? All of our children and and their friends go up there oh instead. It's so transparent. It's like it's so transparent. They almost just said, "Folks, we're going to the mattresses, and we don't want you guys to get murdered. So please leave." Yeah. It's very obvious. What's fascinating about it to me is that, like, why didn't they? You know, well, because they one hundred percent took Archie aside at the end, and they're like, "You know, kid, it's crime stuff." Yeah. Just yep. Yeah, no, I mean, Hiram informs Archie that there's a big old mob meeting and that despite him saying to Veronica that Andre's not going to be there, Andre's totally going to be there. there. Uh, yes, Archie. In fact, it is a crimes. <laughs> and <laughs> yep. um, Andre is going to be there despite us telling... Making sure you kids don't get dead. Uh, yep. But But my question is, aside from the drama... Why are we not telling Veronica this? Because is there is there a reason? Because it seems to me that this is all very reasonable. The whole, like, take these good children away so that they do not get dead from the crimes, you know? Uh, the one thing which I think could have been clarified with a line or something, yeah. maybe, but the, the headcanon thing that I can sort of squint at to make it make sense is that the last time they let Veronica in on something she preempted the shit out of them and did not lie convincingly about it and it may just be like this is real serious we're just gonna do it we're not gonna ask permission from our daughter because she'll find some way to fuck yeah I can see I can absolutely see her being like well I don't want to do that and them just being like, well, it's not worth dealing with that. We just need to keep her safe. But right. But there should have been a line. How difficult would it have been? It wouldn't have been hard to explain that that was the reasoning. Yeah. Because this is so reasonable of them. They need to well, keep and their it's, And their it's their Riverdale. Safe. So actually, despite that in, that explanation being really reasonable, it's quite possible that it really was just for drama and they didn't think about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, mm-hmm. for real. Like, and, like, who knows? <laughs> there's a lot of elements of this episode that feel... A little bit in that just for the drama sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they <laughs> really quit. This one. Uh, yep. <laughs> this particular my. one. My, my, um, <laughs> FP is looking for a new place to live because he's back in Jughead's play. Which again, that was a good moment. It was episode. good. I fucking adore how he's like looking at options and Jughead's like, well, there's the wrong side of the tracks, and then there's on the tracks and fp's like god damn it kid i'm a soda jerk it pops (laughs) (laughs) uh yes it was good 
Uh, Jughead is continuing to try to figure out Hiram's plan before time runs out. That's clearly like the, the big line of opposition in this part of the season. Kevin invites Moose to a movie that Moose turns out to already be going to with Midge, who he says is open to all three of them going and present like for fool me once Riverdale I was like oh they're presenting that like it's not a big deal and that's kind of cool though Kevin is is freaked out by it but that's his prerogative we'll revisit that plot line later Um, (laughs) but Veronica pitches this lake weekend to Bughead and Cheryl invites herself just seamlessly like a like a drama seeking missile Veronica says it's couples only at least that's the excuse and Again, we really are just driving home that Cheryl has a love problem. So, like, at this point in the episode, I'm like, no, we are actually doing something like that. Yeah, we have to be doing I'm not sure what it is, but we must be. Aw, beans, I gotta find myself a smooch. Again, only Riverdale could fuck this up at this point. (laughs) So so I'm still in suspense. They could. They could. Uh, Jughead admits to Betty that he's going to the lake Primarily to try to get Veronica's info on Hiram, but he eventually is convinced to promise to behave because Betty's going to have a heart attack, you guys. (laughs) So, like, please just let her relax. Yeah. (laughs) I just need a goddamn minute. I just. Yeah. No (sighs) kidding. Chick has not stopped drinking (laughs) Sunny D and staring at me for weeks. Yeah. So now we actually get Jughead meeting Chick, who creepily threatens him about how bad it's going to be for Betty and Alice if Jughead tells anyone about the drug dealer. And Jughead's like, Jesus Christ, dude. I don't want anyone to know about the murder. Okay? Okay. Bye. It was very awkward and great. I want the cabin that that they oh, have God, it's actually it's lovely mm, i actually want like half of their cabin because <laughs> it's giant it's so big Lo- lodge 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 is, is very large <sighs> excellent so on the nose and again i feel like someone in the writer's room for this show understands conceptually that jughead is into horror stuff and looks up things on Wikipedia or something because he's like, oh, last house on the left. <laughs> that line! <laughs> Jesus Christ, Jughead, is that something that you're actually referencing? Guess it. Uh, no one in that writer's room saw that movie. Guess it really was uh, the last house on the left. Uh, did it, did it, did it, brutal rape and murder jokes. Yeah, what the like, hell? It just, it's like the Lovecraft thing. Like, I really wanted to get into Lovecraft's headspace. Okay, cool, Jughead. You don't know who that was then. Jughead, you <laughs> fucking creep. <laughs> Again, it feels like someone in the writer's room knows that he's a horror fan, but doesn't, like, look up what these things actually are. Yes, it almost feels like they are randomizing references. Yeah, it's it's Mad Libs. Jughead's Horror Mad Libs, round two. But with horror as such, like, an ethos of the season, how is this possible? Right, I mean, this yeah. episode is called The Hills Have Eyes. Yeah, no, every so many episodes have been horror-related titles and little homages here and there of things. It feels bad. But this is not a no, good reference. It's a, Again, it's, it's Jughead reference. making a really tone-deaf reference. Yeah. It looks like your house um, really was... Let me take a look here. <laughs> Leprechaun 2? 
<laughs> yep. Does that work? Yep. Uh, it works better than what he actually said. Anyway, <laughs> Cheryl just with the precision of a ninja calls up Jughead just to let him know that Betty and Archie had a steamy kiss because she wasn't allowed to go to the cabin. Anyway, have fun with your I weekend. Also, Bye-bye. She is so, so much happy. all the time. I also love how he answered. Everything about this was so good. He picked up the phone and said, can I help you? Which is just like, to start, that's great. And, yep. and then like, oh, fuck. Like. <laughs> <laughs> well, this scene and then what immediately follows it, it's all so good. Uh, Jughead just launches straight into it. Uh, like, it is zero to 60 in no time. Oh my god, Cheryl. Cheryl, you are in trouble. <laughs> yes. You gotta cool your You are jets. not allowed to murder people like this. Yes, she's... Well, I mean, she is. She is an agent of chaos. Yeah, no, it's true. She's she's the one who is. Uh, oh my god. She's like, well, if you want to allow me to invite myself over, mm-hmm. this is what you get. And she's right. She's uh, she's She's an angel and I love her. And then, did we directly transition into her glorious scene? I think so, unless, like, Jughead hangs up the phone and is like, she told me about the kiss, what is happening? I think that's kind of where we're at. And then we see Cheryl's end of hanging up the phone, and Tony asks her, what did you just do? And it's great because she just instantly sees through Cheryl and is like, Whatever you just did, it's because you are hurting. Yeah. Cheryl says a great line. She says, uh, she says, why, Tony's like, why the fuck did you do that? And she says, I'm Cheryl Bombshell, which means I need no reasons. I simply am. Feel free to tremble. Yep. Feel free to yep. tremble. That was a thesis statement for the character. So good. Fucking fantastic. And we get an amazing The Lady Doth Protest too much immediately after this, where oh she God. says to get your, your sapphic, sapphic serpent, serpent hands, hands off, off my body. Of my body. Oh, it's so good. As soon as that started, I was just like, oh my God. I like paused and screamed. <laughs> but yeah, no, Cheryl is peak Cheryl right and now. I love and how Tony is just meeting all of her energy by just saying, no, but tell me what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Guys, it's really good. Thank God. Honestly, thank God. It's been a long time coming. This episode does a lot of good. It makes up for a lot of damage. Department. Yes. Veronica is happy with the fact that Archie had been so truthful about the situation with Betty. Like, he just fucking told her, which I think I gave him credit for yeah. when we discussed that episode, I would I would assume, because that was such a, a rare moment of being reasonable and, and smart and good. Yeah. Uh, and, you know... Betty super fucked this up. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, like she she has been actively lying to her boyfriend. But there's also some irony because Veronica's happy about Archie being truthful to her when there's also this mafia stuff going on where he's kind of keeping her out of the loop on yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah there's, they do that whole twist the knife in thing. And they um, get to banging. But, it's, but there's texture here because also there's probably a point to if she fought this, she could they could all die they could all die because of that and so like it's actually rather interesting they've actually set up 
a complex, layered situation mm-hmm. with a theme. Yep. Um, are we watching Riverdale? I mean, I know we were because of that shit that just happened with Cheryl, but you know, like it's it's refreshing. <laughs> it's okay. In about ninety seconds, you're gonna get reminded of why what we're watching is Riverdale. <laughs> yep, you're right. Um, before we get to that though, I have to point out that Lodge Lodge. The curtains are the goddamn carpet from The Shining. Oh. It's the Overlook Hotel carpet as the curtains. That's interesting. That is that is just cheeky. But you see? So, like, they care about shit, but then they just throw in... Uh, the worst yeah, horror then... references to Jughead that make him seem like such a fucking awful creep. I mean, he did cut flesh off of a woman's arm. Yeah. All over the place. It's uh, a lot all the time. He is a laundromat full of spaghetti. Yeah. Jughead forgives Betty and Varchi punctuate with a strong comedy beat via a very squeaky bed. And th- the way that they react to that, to hearing that, was very real. It was very funny. Can't they ever just like, it, they were, have a conversation? They were definitely real teens yeah. reacting to hearing Is that, that and it was really funny and cute. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was very. Uh, cute. I mean, I feel like Jughead's God narration has already established that yes, that is their response to everything. Mm-hmm. A pleasant evening of jalapeno margaritas lead to some subtle questioning by Jughead about the lodge's plans for Riverdale. As by the way, they are drinking their postcoital water. Like, they're both in yes. there, barely, like, wiping sweat off of themselves, just drinking these tall glasses of water to rehydrate. And yeah, Jughead sets in hard. They decide on jalapeno margaritas and just bad cop grilling, which is Jughead's version of being subtle and not <laughs> taking it too far. Oh, God. And then they... <laughs> Betty starts doing, like, Jug, stop. And then they they have one of those conversations that are... We are not five feet from each other, but we are the two sides of this conversation. Oh my god! Yeah, are having whispered conversations that the other people could totally hear. But yeah, Veronica's cinema. (laughs) Yeah, Veronica's understanding of what distance and context is necessary for a conversation (laughs) to be private is either unthinkably stupid or more of her Deadpool routine. Yeah, it was amazing. I just like. Gosh, Riverdale, that's suspension of disbelief completely broken. They are sitting around the same coffee table and V's basically like, oh boy, those two sure are a mess, aren't they? Uh, And yeah, Betty's like, just lean off. We had a conversation about this in private. You said you wouldn't be asking about all of her dad's crimes. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And and, yeah, uh, and Veronica's just like, they're really having couples problems. I know how to fix this. Guys, let's all head to the hot springs. Cut to oh my God. the most robe. magnificent <laughs> the robe. robe. I'm glad we all had a note about the bathing robe. Yeah, the, the robe. <laughs> I feel like Sia likes this robe. Yes. And as Sia goes, so goes my nation. <laughs> so Veronica suggests that she and Jughead should kiss. It settles the score. And this is the best teen trash logic. I love it so this much. This was the, like one of the most RG Comics things that's happened so far. 
obviously Betty and Archie are not a fan of this plan, and obviously they cannot say shit yeah. yep. either. And I just have to point out that Jughead really just cucks the hell out of Archie in this. He gets really weirdly overeager. <laughs> like he he started like, giving me some nasty he's like, I'm vibes. I'm gonna make a sp- I'm gonna make a sports metaphor about this, right, Archie? And like he almost was just like death staring at him during. Like he was thinking more about Archie during this kiss than he was Veronica. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's for Definitely. sure. Which I I just it it made me laugh. It made me laugh so much. I have a before we before we get away from the kiss. I had a question for you okay, guys. Okay, no, fair, fair. Did did he describe it as a vughead kiss? Yeah, he did. Yes, he did. Okay. Well, that was that was <laughs> fascinating to me because like I've been around Archie comics a long time, and I'm used mm. to the ship being described as Geronica. So it was just like, but what? It certainly sounds better than bughead and vughead, which are very close to one another. Yes, it was just yeah, like, what a it is. what a choice. Like and that it would also be another acceptable one that I've heard is lodgehead. So it's just like what? Yeah. What Although a I choice. do have to say we uh, the strange phonetics aside, I think we're burying the lead, which is that Jughead uses ship yes. names. <laughs> like in he speaks to other humans <laughs> and uses ship names. And like Veronica did it in the last scene well as well like ship names are just a thing and the characters apparently at least the, the kids know it and they're cool with it and like god that's awesome i am not gonna lie two of my best friends in the world i do refer to them by their ship name oh oh christ that's so good i almost refer to them exclusively as bralix wow so that's good that's my hot millennial take on the issue <laughs> That's great. That's amazing. Yeah, my issue really is what ship name they decided to go with. That it was just like, wh- why didn't you go with... It sounds exactly the same as the other yes, one, guys. It, Except it does. somehow more vulgar. Yes. And it's just like, why didn't you go with the most popular old one? Why, you, you know? You don't need to reinvent the wheel, especially when that wheel is Vughead. <laughs> Riverdale likes to be different from archie stuff for no reason i suppose that's true but like bughead isn't right right so it's it's it was just a very interesting choice to me we get jughead and betty betty saying that oh you and archie are the only two of us who haven't kissed and like just lets that hang and then reasserts the hell out of herself with dark betty and Archie, meanwhile, is doing some toxic masculinity push-ups. Yes, yes. And he's not into uh, <laughs> any kind of makeup canoodling. And then we get the second well, bed squeak joke. And I just, I think it's so funny how Archie's down at the foot of the bed. He's like, I'm just doing my daily exercise. Veronica makes like an overture and Archie's like no I'm tired and just launches himself like a goddamn rocket into the bed and tries to sleep <laughs> and when the when the squeaking happens he goes like Ugh, and pulls the pillow over his head it was so awesome was really funny. Uh, also that is not his daily workout push ups don't do that yeah yeah next morning 
Archie's chopping wood and I die. Uh, also, her bathroom's really good. Mm-hmm. She just has really good robes. Yep. Also, yeah, you're right. Archie's splitting logs and Veronica's also dying. It was just really cute. Yeah. No, I, I, I just thank you, Riverdale. <laughs> I could not get the scene from Age of Ultron where Captain America splits the log with his bare hands out of my head. It hasn't left mine <laughs> since I saw it in the theater. Fair, it's basically the one good thing about that movie. Oh my god. Anyway, Archie gets a text and vanishes, which Veronica sees, follows him. And who is Archie meeting out in the woods but Andre, the teddy bear picnic this ain't. Veronica is not happy about this situation whatsoever, sends Andre away, and is just, like, incandescent with rage. I love how she about handled having it, too. Been overruled. She didn't handle it terribly, I thought. She she was just like, what you're gonna do is you're gonna call my dad and tell him that your cover's blown because you're a horrible spy. That was just, like, yep. in terms of the ways that she would get fussy about it, that wasn't the worst blow up ever oh not at all yeah. oh, no, no it was it was, yeah. it was pretty cool back in riverdale josie finds out that mayor mccoy is divorcing her father it goes like you think i mean they probably should divorce yeah. though uh yep i understand you know teenager being upset and stuff like that but like josie please remember when you're thinking about the situation your dad just fucking walking out on your musical performance like a total goddamn asshole also i would be remiss if i didn't remind everyone of josie's dad's one true love jazz (laughs) the genre of jazz (laughs) if sierra and josie had been jazz then maybe Sierra wouldn't have needed to go fulfill her needs in another relationship. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> Jughead and Archie, in like the manliest way possible, discuss th- this whole interrelated situation with all their best friends and girlfriends and blah, 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 blah. And Jughead rightly points out what a fucking powder keg it is. I liked, I liked that element of that scene. Mm-hmm. That scene wasn't gay enough for me. But I did like agreed. Yeah, it wasn't gay enough, but I did like <laughs> Jughead being like, "Do you ever think about how tough this is?" Actually, that was good. Like this actually is really complicated, isn't it? Yeah, that was nice. I'm being shaken down. Give me a okay. second. Oh, weeaboo. Uh, should have been gayer though. It really should have, especially with how hard they just sold the. Hey, you haven't seen them kiss. Yeah. Think about it. They. And then they're the only ones who haven't they kissed. They like, I think they loosely bring it up. Yeah, where they're like, "Oh yeah, so we haven't kissed," and there's not even like a lingering look or anything. It's like anyway, yeah, there's not a, there's not even tension there. Instead, they're like, "That means our girlfriends kissed," which is like, guys, that is not the direction you should be taking this. <laughs> well, I I feel like this show definitely presents Archie as like the absolute one side bound of the Kinsey scale, yeah. though. That's which is so boring. Maybe not Jughead, but like Archie is as straight as a person can be yeah. um, in this womp show. Womp. I mean, otherwise you wouldn't have had that incredibly horny red circle video <laughs> because he would have realized what he was doing. <laughs> That's, That's really true. That's true. <laughs> no, he's he is as straight as a person can be because that didn't like he didn't realize right. anything about because that. He, did... he was completely blissfully ignorant. Yeah. He okay. responded to a situation with the most homoerotic response <laughs> you could possibly imagine and thought nothing of it. Yeah, and also the wrestling episode, like, he didn't realize any of what was going on in that either. So, 
Yeah, no, I think I think it's just that Archie is completely straight. Ugh, <laughs> what a poor bastard. Yep. Uh, Josie tells Kevin about the situation with their parents, and Kevin confronts his dad, and it's pretty rough. Betty and Veronica have gone into town, whatever town this is at at Shadow Lake, to get a break from. I guess from Archie from mm-hmm. the from from that whole situation. Cassidy the shopkeeper seems awful flirty and also weirdly interested in the Shadow Lake house, which could be quite a thing. Right. And she asks after like a a dessert treat. And <laughs> yep, he, scones. Is it scones? Oh yeah. So she asks after these scones and his response is, "We don't serve them right now, you fucking tourist." Yep. Betty tells Veronica that she wore the dark Betty outfit for fucking <laughs> Which is played like a joke, but like, uh. Yep. Hey, remember when we tortured that guy? Now. I used that costume to get off. It's my sex. Yeah. I was, it's just a little bit much. A little bit much on that Riverdale. Ronnie's response was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Veronica was us. Excuse me? Uh, all right. FP calls Jughead and lets him know that Hiram has 180'd on this back rent. And that there's a party going on. Everybody gets to stay in their homes. But also Hiram bought the trailer park before saying that they could stay there. And oh, the before we long... get that. Mm-hmm. So he oh, gets the yeah. call and Betty's just like, if that's Cheryl, tell her everyone kissed and it's over. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite line. That was very good. It was good. a good line. Very good line. But You're right. As he's finishing up this phone conversation, there's this like long shot of Jughead in the driveway with the phone to his ear glaring back at the house. Yeah. Jughead calls this out as tactics to buy silence and stop people from discussing the seedier aspects of the lodge situation. And Veronica just straight out calls him a narcissist, Uh basically. Like, could you possibly make this more irrationally about you? Which is which is interesting. McCoy blames Josie for telling the truth to Kevin. Yeah, this is a messy situation where no one's gonna come out looking that great. I think. Yep. Midge invites Kevin to join Midge and Moose at Pops, and Midge is wanting to set up Kevin with Fangs Fogarty, which I, we have to give give props to the fact that this gives rise to the line. I don't think I can date anybody named Fangs. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And it becomes clear that Moose didn't actually propose some sort of polyamorous thing, nor did he even tell Midge about him and Kevin. And it's clear that, like, that was all bullshit. Which sucks. It sucked bad. And beyond it even sucking, I'm not sure how much sense any of it makes when you really well, look at it. Because your cover's going to be blown immediately. Yeah, like... What was Moose doing? There was nothing for him to get out of this situation except in trouble with his girlfriend. It's almost like we're meant maybe by this point to believe that everything he said in that scene was something that Kevin was taking the wrong way. But it was so blatant. And like, I just don't know what I'm supposed to think at this point. Thinking about it like... God, what happened? what happened? It's so <laughs> weird because like yeah, I just I, a, him I reading know. any sort of polyamorous thing is like you know we can we can put that on us and on him right, but like the other thing is not on him. The other thing is all on Moose. Oh yeah, like what the fuck, Moose? Yeah, and again, 
if we're supposed to think that it was just us and Kevin thinking that, I feel like they really went a long way. I don't know. It's It just, it struck me as incredibly odd that what ended up happening with this is that nothing happens. Yeah. Yeah. And that Midge knows nothing. And again, yeah, what the fuck was Moose doing? It just, like, yeah, it... Like, if, if, if he's keeping that a secret from her, why on earth did he open with, I told her all about it, and it's fine. Now come hang out with us, and please quickly pick up from context that I didn't tell her anything, or I'm in deep shit. Yeah. It, it just makes no it sense. It doesn't make any fucking sense at all. So many questions. So, like, God, what the fuck? Yep. It's very, very weird. God damn um, it, Moose. God damn it, Moose. Moose! Cheryl sees Penelope with some guy. I don't know if we recognize him as the audience, but the soundtrack fucking recognizes him. It really him. did. It, it was <laughs> something. I, it doesn't come up again in this episode. Spoiler alert. Josie apologizes to Kevin, who instantly forgives her. They end up going to the coming out movie together, and it's so it cute. Was, it was really cute. It was very nice. They, they're totally like step-siblings. Yeah like in all but name now and it's adorable and i love it it's called love simon right yes uh, i yeah. think so yeah this product placement rocked it really did i was just like yeah. well i miss cover girl but this is great <laughs> i was happy with the way that they used it yeah me too they used it to do a lot of good yeah <laughs> tony shows up to talk to cheryl who is at the movie alone because she's just trying to get away from her mom, and Tony was going with <laughs> the oft-mentioned but seldom-seen <laughs> Fangs Fogarty, who has bailed on her. Fangs will quit school because I can't wear my jacket, but will come back for D&D <laughs> Fogarty. Yes. Ah. The one date that I went on with a girl in in high school, I was also bailed on by a boy at the at the movies. So I was just like, oh, <laughs> relatable. Nice. Yeah, it was very good. And yeah, Cheryl opens up to her about some stuff. Yeah, things things with my mom are bad, <laughs> and that's why I'm here. And we then transition to the scariest scene in Riverdale yet which is the main four, playing Monopoly for fun. Yep. Riverdale understands board games as much as it <laughs> understands everything else. If you roll a six, you'll acquire the kingdom. It's it's a bad, bad, bad game. Uh, anyway, Alice calls Betty and like we do the whole, oh, we're drunk, should we answer the phone thing, which was another just like, God, this this episode has so much teen stuff. Veronica wants to meet Chick, who Jughead is like, yeah, I actually met him, and he is fucking creepy as hell. And it turns out that Hiram Lodge just bought the Riverdale Register, which is definitely like we're doing some smoke signals about fascism. Yeah. I feel like oh, with this, like definitely. it's very scary. Also, yeah. I just got really, really upset that Alice let herself be involved in a business arrangement like that. Oh, that's Where she didn't so have bad. a controlling share. Yeah. That she wasn't able to turn that down. That hurt. Yeah, somehow she did not have power over that. Because obviously she was not going to be. Again, I feel like the actual deposition of ownership of the Riverdale Register comes down to what is needed for the drama of the moment. Which is it being sold and Alice being mad. So she can't have control or this story beat can't happen. (sighs) But yeah. Fuck you, Hal. uh, Yeah, no, Hal being a giant piece of shit. Yep. And... Bughead think that this whole weekend trip is to keep them away from this business transaction, which is fucking crazy. Children. (laughs) Children, what the hell? 
it, it's 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 a right. lot and then all the fucking pent-up resentment just, between all these characters just explodes hurts. all over everything in the thing. biggest drama bomb there are no survivors all of Archie's toxic masculinity and Jughead's narcissism and Veronica basically being a gangster now <laughs> and Betty being a real weirdo. Like it all just comes out and it's really ugly and you can't look away. Yeah. But alas, the team must come together for a window has shattered. Indeed. They are interrupted by townies from the store who want to rob them. Which I feel like this is the point where the episode stops trying to make sense <laughs> in in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like, we want to rob some people and we're going to go and hit the one cabin that we know has people in it. Like, what? Well, they say like, oh, you summer people are assholes and like class struggle and blah, blah, blah. And we're making a statement. But it's like, it's not like the people are not going to notice if you steal all their stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But my notes are Cassidy and company are silly. Yes, they are very, very stupid. until one of them decides, you know what? Tonight is a good night if I discover if I like killing for fun. (laughs) Yeah. Because they're like, what? We got the stuff. And he's like. Yeah, but I've got an axe right here, dude. Yeah, they all learned something about their friend that day. <laughs> He's out. <laughs> yeah, again, like they have that little manifesto thing, but it's not enough to like make this believable. Veronica hits a silent alarm, but also antagonizes a robber who is armed in the room with her by saying that she recognizes him from town, which is real stupid. Yeah. The lead robber forces them to their knees, and understandably, Archie is flashing back to the Black Hood situation. But V's silent alarm gambit works, and the guys leave, and Archie fucking goes berserk. Yes. Instead of not doing a horrible mistake, Archie decides to go barreling through the woods looking for this kid. Yeah. But I I, I completely buy it, though, because he couldn't act when Black Hood sort of dominated him after shooting his dad. Yes, I mean, they establish it in context, but it was still just so much Archie. And it sure looks like Cassidy's about to get himself a dose of the Andre treatment, and we get an off-screen gunshot to that effect, which seems insane. Again, I don't think this episode makes sense, because unless there's something else going on, this is crazy, because the protagonist side of this equation... They didn't do any crimes. They're completely in the right. They're at a place they're supposed to be. They get broken in on. And like now Andre's going to murder someone? Like I had so many questions about in what world is that a good idea? Right. Because it seems like it's just inviting trouble for absolutely no gain. uh, What is he going to do with the body? That's What about his friends? The dude was running. Yeah. And like we also know that. The lodges can handle people in discreet ways if they need to. It just to. seems like right. a really bad a idea. A Nick St. Clair. Yeah. No, they're just like, I need Andre to kill this guy. <laughs> I guess. It's so weird. I, I, uh, it's It was a very odd beat. Like I said, when, when the townies show up, it's like we just go into wacky world. Josie and Kevin meet with Mayor McCoy and Sheriff Keller, and it's quite heartwarming. They're like, you know what? None of us have done a good job in this situation, and it's a huge mess. Can we all just try to, like, be a little bit nice to each other and try to figure this out? Yeah, like, it was very sweet. I liked it a lot. And then we get to Tony and Cheryl, and Cheryl 
finally like cannot handle the emotions from her life and this movie and everything and she comes out to tony and they have a moment tony was so good and so affirming and it warmed the cockles of my heart yes tony's the best tony had won a lot of points up to this episode, and then in this episode, she just knocked it out of the park every scene she was in. Yeah, I mean, I think she doesn't have much screen time, but I'm going to submit that she is up in the same echelon as FP when it comes to consistently being a cool, likable character who is characterized in, like, a non-insane way. Oh, she way. has consistent characterization. <laughs> Yeah. Holy shit. But like the diamond in Riverdale. Yeah, it is like almost just her and FP and kind of and Fred. Fred. Yeah. I feel like they are the same person in every episode that they've appeared in. I know what to expect. And it's very notable in that Tony is female. Yeah. I believe the first female character to be treated this way by the show. Yeah. I really think that's But true. yeah, I mean it's just it's it's great. We get this enormous vulnerability from Cheryl. And, like, a very big recontextualization of a lot of things with her. Mm -hmm. I think that it's quite clear from this that some of her toxic attitude towards sex and sex work comes from being told that she was, like, a disgusting monstrosity by her mother when she was a little girl. The specific word that's used is deviant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I think that some of her like reactionary puritanical views about sex stuff comes from the fact that sex as a topic is monstrously traumatic for yeah. her, yeah. which puts a different light on this stuff we've been complaining about with her. It makes more sense. It does. I also want to say it's bananas to me and is interestingly reflective of the heteronormativity of our culture, that this conversation does lead off with a, as Cheryl says, I had one person who, like, I loved in this sort of, like, there's romantic overtones going into this conversation, and Tony's like, wait, your brother? (laughs) Your brother? (laughs) Because incest is more likely than you being queer, even though I myself am queer? It just although I do I do feel that there's a slight saving grace in that literally every person in Riverdale knows how weird those twins were about well, one another. Well, that's also part of that is coming um that's a comics reference because in many things there is twin cest with them. Yikes. Yeah. Oof. Okay. They Oof. actually do that in the comics, huh? And Gross. some of them um like wow. not in like the happy kids friendly stuff, but in like the the zombies type stuff, you know, that like it depends yeah. on how far adults were getting. Okay. But no, no, she she was in love with another little girl and it did not go well with Penelope. And so not only does she have a, like a stunted view on sex in general because of her mom's abuse, another thing that this brought up for me is that No shame to sex work in general, but doing your sex work right where your child is and, like, not insulating them from it when you know that it's super traumatic for them and flaunting it, it's clear that Penelope does actively enjoy Cheryl knowing what's going on and walking in on what's going on. Like, she enjoys hurting her daughter Mm -hmm. that way. Oh, yeah. Penelope is absolutely a piece of shit. super fucked up. I feel like maybe there's an argument to be made that if you have the resources and the wherewithal to compartmentalize your sex work from your child, you probably should, especially because you don't know how safe maybe some of the people that you're interacting with. Well, right. And I mean, 
even fucking Chick has this set straight. Yeah. Yeah, he said that. Don't bring it don't home. Don't bring it home. Christ. You don't know. You don't know, like, what's going on with some of these people. Like, you need to be careful. So my theory is that hell's the black mask, right? Like, she's bringing him <laughs> around, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, I yeah, I, I think that, again, this episode really casts a kind of a different complexion on the dynamic between Cheryl and Penelope. Definitely. And some of Cheryl's more problematic stuff in the previous few episodes makes a lot of sense coming out of this revelation. Yeah. And also, like, who knows if we're ever going to return to the her stalking Josie thing, right? Right. And uh, that episode, because... we've forgotten about everything that's happened in that episode. Like, well, it was basically a complete bizarro world situation but it might come back like it might because it they could. they bring back some stuff like i didn't know if they were going to acknowledge a lot of the stuff i thought that the the agent adams thing might be fake and it was you know like i've been yeah surprised by how much stuff that they've been doing this well, is what i've wanted from them and then they're right. doing it so with that whole thing i'm I, i'm just looking at it being like that's bad it's it's a bad thing that Cheryl's doing and it makes more sense to me now because it's this thing that she has to hide and be mm-hmm. yeah, right. she, about. she can't be honest with herself about yeah. it I also want to say like looking back to that bizarro Halloween episode it felt like it was a safe space for them to sort of trot out the idea yeah. of Cheryl's queerness and then they had ample space to walk it back if they needed because of how weird that episode was and how much it relied on, like, dreams. Right. And so I was really, really happy that, yeah, they committed to it here. This is a better way to do that. A Um, lot less problematic. (laughs) Yeah. We moved to yet another booth at Pops where the main four share a moment of solidarity and seem to uh, (laughs) agree to transform into the Power Rangers. Um, (laughs) Oh, these, these guys. Later... Hiram says that Archie's judgment was correct in cooperating with the burglars. Hiram asks if Archie was bothered by Andre murdering a kid. And (laughs) Archie's like, basically, that's going to be a big no, (laughs) (laughs) H-Dog. Like, I'm a little creeped out at what a good little fascist Archie is turning into. God. Anyway, Jughead tells Betty he thinks Chick is definitely creepy and that it's not just her thinking that. And that's kind of the end of the episode. But I do believe that Jughead says to Betty that he believes there's more than one kind of home invasion. Oh, he does, yeah. There's the kind of home invasion <laughs> we experienced oh, tonight. Oh my god, that's that's so disgustingly self-aware. And there's another like, slower kind you? of home invasion where you invite the home invader into your home for invading. <laughs> It's so bad. Uh, But yeah, that was the episode. Another good episode, though. Again, I feel like there are some plot lines in here that don't make sense. But most of what goes on was fucking excellent. Agreed. Okay. Uh, My my Riverdue is going to be what is going on with Cheryl. Yeah, I am. I am very, very happy about this. uh, This Cheryl and and Tony plot line. I feel like... I I was really this is the thing that I asked for as soon as Tony's bias was confirmed, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm happy to see it pop off. Yep. And that's basically mine as well. That gay shit is what I wrote down. Yeah. <laughs> that's 
oh, this one wins the hat trick prize because yeah. that's obviously my Riverdue as well. But there are a couple other ones to mention uh, for variety. I think that the whole thing with Kevin and Josie was great. Mm-hmm. It was so nice. It really was. It was super heartwarming. And like the fact that they really are going to try to like reconcile this with their parents too. It was shockingly wholesome it yeah. felt like in this show. It like teen stuff. And I really like it when really the show feels did. like teen stuff. Teen stuff is good. And that's kind of like the the more high level note on this whole episode was like they remembered that they were a teen trash show and actually yeah. did a fucking good job mm-hmm. at that for this episode. And another honorable mention for Riverdue, I think, is the huge blow up that happened between the main characters right before the home invasion happened, because it really has been a powder keg and, th- and no one is innocent of being kind of a piece of shit in various ways. Definitely. In that group of of friends. And they call out that it's a powder keg. And I was really surprised in a pleasant way that the powder keg actually exploded instead of them just saying, oh, this sure is a powder keg and then not doing anything, which is what I expected. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's some honorable mentions. But yeah, no, Cheryl being less problematic, making more sense, being more dramatic, being more vulnerable, like... So many good things happened with her is the real, the real river new. It's the nug. Uh, I think that my river don't is, I think it's the whole thing with, uh, with moose because like God, my, it's a good river don't. Yeah. yeah. My heart just dropped during that scene and that, gosh, it sucks. You know, <laughs> that it, I, I don't yeah. know. I don't know what they're doing, and uh, it it also not only do I not know what they're doing, but it makes me feel like um like they're cheating me out of Midge, like because I yeah right like I love Midge in the in the comics, and in doing this, I'm like what, well, but 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 why don't we get to interact with her then? Because right. because she it was feels sidelined. like she's being yeah, she's totally being sidelined by this need to. That I guess Moose has of having his girlfriend think that he's A-OK and straight, which like doesn't seem to... I, I don't know why this is a necessary plot element. I don't I don't get what the writers are doing. They don't seem no. to know what they're doing. All of it sucks. It was very yeah, it, bad. Yeah, agreed. Not good. And poor Kevin. Everything poor about Kevin. this sucks. My river don't is Archie, colon, too chill with crimes. <laughs> Oh man. Yep. You you got mine. Oh, I'm so I'm just so used to it now. The, those were the two things in contention yeah. for mine. It's like sorry, but he just murdered a man and Archie's like, I just want to protect my own. And it's like What? That, oh, man. that wasn't protection. You spooked him off. You got him to run away. You're no. fine. No, he's got to—he's got to murder him dead. He's got to take no, back the wrong. Like, there's necklace. two movies playing tonight: Scum in Riverdale, <laughs> Love Simon uh, in Shadow Lake, My Dinner with Andre. <laughs> <laughs> it's too easy. It is too easy to picture Archie in an alternate timeline, just straight up signing up. Like, I want to be an SS officer. It—it it was. Really weird, especially when Archie, as in his own weird, very silly Archie way, was trying to be a hero of justice in the first half of this season, 
trying to catch that mm-hmm. black hood, trying to do the right thing. And now he's just like, crimes, 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 crimes. <laughs> he loves crimes yep. so much. It's so weird and I don't like it. Those are definitely both real bad and worse than what I'm going to say. But for the sake of variety, honorable mention, fucking last house on the left. Jesus, Jughead, it, no. It wasn't good. A it wasn't bad good. bad pull. It's a very, very bad line. It was a bad line. All right. <laughs> Weekly weirds? Okay, weekly weirds. Hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah, I guess I guess it was the return of the product placement for me, but it was like Same. such a delightful one, right? I'm just, yeah. I was just so like tickled by it. It made and me so happy and they it used it so, so well, but it was they still did. definitely my weekly weird. It, it was really weird and um like it was a different type of product placement than we're used to because there wasn't really mm-hmm. a zoom in. Um, then, I mean, like, we did get about six seconds of footage from the film. They did. And they mm-hmm. also, uh, my favorite use was when um, Cheryl like, described a scene and explained the meaning of it. And I was uh, it reminded so me so much of like reading foreign language textbooks when they're describing <laughs> like it felt like a passage that you would read that's describing the grammatical concepts you're going to be learning this chapter. Yeah. Oh, my it God. It was so good. I was just like, oh, man, I haven't seen this movie yet. Stop spoiling it. Same. But, like, <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> but that is a really that is a really weird like precognitive <laughs> product placement it was fascinating good god and yeah it really was <laughs> again it, it tickled me i felt so good that they were able to use this sort of necessary evil for such a good effect yeah uh-huh. and i it was just good like work. What, a, what a cool what a cool millennial you know product placement thing what a yeah. good like it's it's really it fits it makes sense yeah. to me that they would use this in this movie in this uh show snug as a see. bug in a rug yeah, it's it's hip yep. for the teens. <laughs> Good stuff. My weekly weird is what are these townie robbers doing? <laughs> what do they want? And how is it that they think what they are doing is going to get them what they want? They took so and further, little. <laughs> and furthermore, so so yeah, from the top, we're gonna do a robbery. That's the point. But we're gonna go to the only place that we know there are people and we're going to ignore the fact that if we smash up someone's place and take all their valuables, they might notice, which like completely removes their justification. And then Andre's response in just needing to kill a kid, like also completely bonkers. He's like, no, no, you see, I'm like a samurai. If I draw my gun, I have to shoot a child (laughs) before I can return it to its holster. I will say Edward, the horrible boy, that's what I've decided to call him. Definitely was in there. He knew what he wanted, and by golly, he almost got it. And that was to do a murder. <laughs> the yep. other three, I cannot speak for their motives. I feel like him and Andre could have been friends in another life. Also, what the fuck is Andre's accent? Can someone help me? It seems to wander all over the place. Is he just speaking in an American accent? Does he have a British accent? Is there some French in there? What is happening? So... It's funny because I find that to be a little bit relatable as someone who has like a a long running ongoing narrative podcast. Sometimes I'll have a character come back up and I'm like, oh, shoot, I forgot <laughs> what they're supposed to sound like. So I'm just going to try to 
approximate what I remember their voice sounding like because I don't have time to like reflect back on the record. So he's just not watching the show. That's what it is. Yeah. He doesn't remember. Oh my God. He can't he's like, I don't him. like this show. It's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that'll about do us for River Do's and River Don'ts this week. Oh boy. Man. Two episodes in a row that I was entertained by. Yeah. I didn't feel like I had to look at my phone. I was in here for this ride. 